0: Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. Oh, Captain, my Captain. I'm telling you straight, to my way or the highway. Oh, command me, Lord. Now you want to get nuts? Come on, let's get nuts. Tell me something, my friend. You ever dance with the devil in the pale moonlight? I always ask that of all my prey. I just like the sound.
1: I'll have what she's having.
0: You have chosen wisely. It reminds us
1: of all that once
0: was good. And it could be again. Okay. My calculations are correct. When this
2: baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're gonna see some serious You're listening to the 30 Something Movie Podcast. Classic movies, 30 years in the making. It is the 30 something movie podcast. This is episode number 243. Uh, this time we are talking the Dream Team. So it's a 1989 movie, but uh, this is not one of our regularly scheduled 1989 movies. This is the month of May, so it is the movies we missed month. And we were, the premise of this month is we wanted to kind of take a look back and say we are just about done with the 80s as we move on into the 90s next year. But uh, there are some movies that we definitely wanted to take a look at that we just couldn't get to. Just. Time constraints, or we started this podcast uh, in the kind of 84, 85 years. So we definitely didn't touch on anything from 80 to 83. Uh, so if you were here last week, we were talking about Cannonball Run. Uh, that was from 1981. I know my movie, I think, is coming up next week, uh, and that is American Werewolf in London. And then we've also got Jeff's that's coming up. Uh, American Wolf in London, I think, was eighty-one as well. Uh, Jeff's is going to be coming up too, and that is E.T. from nineteen eighty-two. Um, and uh, I don't know. Uh, Dennis hasn't sent me one yet, so I don't know if Dennis is going to do one or not. But um, if he does, we'll we'll throw that one into the mix too. Uh, if you are thinking ahead, so I'll just throw this out here really fast. But if you're thinking way ahead to next month for June, and you want to watch some movies before we talk about them, next month in June we're going to be doing Sex, Lies, and Videotape, Drugstore Cowboy. Tango and Cash, Roadhouse, <laughs> and, and you can hear Pat uh, ready for the Roadhouse already. Oh, yes. There you go. Um, let me tell you this. It's my way or the highway. Uh, and then at some point in June, we're going to be hitting our 250th episode, which is uh, I'm, I'm, Jeff is taking the reins on that one. And uh, we're going to be talking favorite cartoons of the 80s. So, and uh, he has declared that decisions, firm decisions will be made. No, no lucy goosey, uh, you know, you set up a and which which I'm gonna say that's not my fault. I set up these these uh tables for everybody to put their choices in, and somehow people keep adding cells to my tables when I've only given five choices so, yeah I, I, yeah, I don't know that I want to say that that's my fault, but I don't think we're here to cast blame or aspersions on anybody, so we'll uh we'll just enjoy the two fiftieth and uh, and do talk about our eighties cartoons, which I will say it did take me a while to narrow some of that down. I did that months ago, and I am going to try as hard as I can not to second guess those choices.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So so that's where we're at right now. Um, but uh, no, actually, where we are right now is we are here. I've got Pat and I've got Bo with me. Gentlemen, how are you?
3: Great. Well, hello, yourself.
2: I'm doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. Um, So this time around, we are talking the dream team from 1989. Before we jump into that, uh, we're going to let me do our our quick regular little spiel here. We are a spoiler podcast. So we're going to talk spoilers with the dream team. If you haven't seen it, you want to see it first, go watch it and then come on back. We'll wait. We'll just sit here. We've got plenty to talk about. If you uh, haven't left us a review on iTunes, please go ahead and do that. Uh, It's real quick, and it helps us out, kind of lets us know what we're doing right, uh, what we can work on, and just kind of gives us another way to interact with you, the people that are listening. And then visit our website, 30podcast.com. is the best way to get in touch with us if you want to find out more about us through Instagram, Letterboxd, uh, Facebook, Twitter, any of those other places. We are on all of those, so you can find us in one spot at our website, 30podcast.com. Now, before we get into This Week in 89, because yeah. um, last week we did This Week in 81, which is a little bit different. Uh, we're back in This Week in 89 this time because this is a 1989 movie. Before we do that, I did want to say I was looking up the other day. And I thought this was kind of fun, so I want to share this with you guys. I was looking up the other day on some of our podcast statistics, kind of like how we're doing in terms of uh, you know the show and which episodes are getting listened to the most and how many like total uh, listens we've had over the course of the the years that we've been doing this. And uh, we've always said, you know, we're not a huge podcast. We don't have like the massive audience that, uh, you know, some of these other podcasts have. But uh, one thing I will say is we have, I believe, uh, let me see if I can jump in there really fast. Um, we are very quickly coming up on 20,000 uh, all-time downloads. So that, that will be a pretty happy not number. Bad. That's That's not bad. Um, but the one thing I was looking at, oh, oh, and, and, um, you know, even just within the last few days, we have not had an episode come out, uh, since, uh, what it would be last, well, would have been last Wednesday is usually when our episodes come out. And, um, you know, we've had over, you know, over a couple hundred just within the last week. So, uh, just, we've had a lot of, seems like we have a lot, a lot of new listeners lately. So thank you for the new people coming in and. I uh, hope you're enjoying the show. Let us know, uh, get in touch with us somehow. Let us know what you're enjoying about the show. But it uh, seems like we've had a lot more people kind of coming in lately. So with that, and maybe this, uh, maybe if we've got some new listeners, this will help them kind of go back and take a look at uh, some of the more popular episodes. I went to go look and see what our top 10 episodes of all time are in our show. So these are, I, I wrote this list down, and this is in uh, descending order. So starting with number 10, these are the top 10 episodes in terms of uh, downloads or listeners to each of the episodes of all time since we started our podcast. Um, do any of you guys, now I, I, didn't, I didn't preface this ahead of time, I didn't send you this to kind of prompt you or anything. Um, do you have any thoughts on, if you could think of a movie or an episode we've done, do you have any thoughts on what you think would be the number one episode? Uh,
1: I, I would say just something in general, like I could see people like checking out like, you know, some of the more popular movies, like, oh, we love Ghostbusters, so we're going to check out the Ghostbusters episode, or we
3: love, you know... I was going to say one of the newer genre movies, maybe.
2: Okay. Okay. All right. Well, so here in in, uh, descending order, the top ten episodes of all time. So if you're a new listener, or if you've been here for a little while, and you haven't listened to any of these, you may want to go back and and take a listen, because these are the ones that apparently are our top ten most popular episodes. Uh, Number ten... I, I won't add in like a drum roll sound effect or anything because that gets obnoxious over time. Uh, number 10, episode number 147, Good Morning Vietnam. All right. Uh, number 9, episode number 92, Poltergeist 2. Clearly, God is in his holy temple. Uh, number 8 is uh, episode number 139, The Running Man. I don't do requests. Uh, number 7 is uh, episode number 31 of You to a Kill. Okay. Number 6, episode number 148, Full Metal Jacket. Uh, this one, I thought this one was kind of fun. Our our top five episode of all time is episode number one seventy two, Earth Star Voyager. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy.
1: <laughs> well, okay. So let's get more people on the Earth Star Voyager bandwagon <laughs> and get that sucker like officially made.
2: You know what I'm saying? Right. Apparently, we need. To, apparently, our podcast needs to start the Earth Star Voyager Fan Club.
1: I I think we just did.
2: we we'll get the reboot started and you know prepare for assembly and all that.
1: Oh my gosh!
2: <laughs> uh, number standing. four. I know. I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, number four is episode number one eighty four, Infinity War. Okay. There, see that? I, that mm-hmm. I believe. There we go. Uh, Jeff will be very, very happy. Our number three show of all time is episode number 46, Choosy Moms, Choose Jeff.
1: Nice. Good for him. Good <laughs> on, Jeff.
2: So Jeff's episode is the number three episode of all time. Uh, number two episode of all time is number 167, The Last Jedi. Okay. Uh, there we go. And then here's the one that just I was completely floored when I saw this one. Uh, by more than double, so there is a huge jump from number two to number one. Okay. And the amount of, and this only gives me st- statistics on the number of direct downloads um, from the the site that we use, but more than double the amount of people have, have downloaded, have directly downloaded number one than number two. And the number one episode is episode number 95. Uh, I did a series of ones back in uh, 2016 called Comics in 1986, The Dark Knight Returns. Mm-hmm. And it was the Dark Knight Returns comic. Uh, That one we've had, uh, the number of listeners for that one is double the number of listeners for our number two one, The Last Jedi. Really? Yeah. It was crazy. When I looked at those numbers, I like, that's insane. That's a lot of people. That's That's cool. So there's a lot of comic book fans out there. There's a lot of comic book fans, a lot of Star Wars fans, a lot of Jeff fans, a lot of Marvel fans, and a lot of Earth Star Voyager fans. That's what I'm learning.
3: Well, the Earth Star Voyager one is the most interesting, I have to say. Yeah. That's awesome.
2: So, so if you have not listened, listened to any of those episodes, uh, that may just give you a sense of what you can go back and find. If you want to go back into our back catalog, um, you can find those either by going to the 30 podcast website or another kind of fun way to find them is we have a list on letterboxd. If you go uh, letterboxd.com 30 podcast, we have a visual list. You can kind of cycle through the uh, movie posters or, or, Uh, movie covers of the different movies that we've done up to this point for all 240 odd episodes. Uh, You can browse through them that way too. And each of those movies, if you click on it, there will be a link to that episode. So if you want to go find them that way, that's kind of a fun way uh, to look through what we've done up to this point as well. So um, yeah, so I I just want to share that real quick. Didn't have any really other new movie news um, at this point. So I thought that might just be fun to throw out there and let you know, let you guys know what the people are liking. That's
3: cool. Very cool.
2: All right. uh, Let's jump on into this week in 89. So this week in 1989, we are looking at um, probably about, let's see, we're looking about May 8th to May 14th, 1989. And Bo, you actually went in, you kind of filled in the notes for me on this episode. So if you've got anything else you want to add to uh, any of these, let me know.
3: I will. I will be sure to jump in.
2: Okay. So this week in '89, on May 11th, 1989, uh, President George H.W. Bush orders uh, nearly 2,000 troops to Panama. On May 13th, approximately 2,000 students begin hunger strikes in Tiananmen Square, China. And May 14th, the final episodes of both Moonlighting and Family Ties airs.
3: It was a rough week, man.
2: Yeah. So invading the...
3: Panama and those two shows end. I don't mm-hmm. know.
2: It's a tough week. well and the funny thing is um my wife sharon has gone through and over the course of probably the last few weeks or so uh she found family ties i think it's on netflix right now oh right and uh, she's been going through and watching them i think she's might be in season five right now i'm forgetting i'm forgetting how many seasons that one went i think it was at least like five or six maybe seven seasons um but she's been loving them i remember she she remembered watching them when they were on you know when we were kids but, uh, mm-hmm. you know, she's just been going whenever she's been here at home, working on something or or whatever. She's been watching through them and, and just like right now when I'm recording, she's probably watching it right now. Um, but uh, just going through and just kind of remembering how much she enjoyed watching that. Yeah.
1: Shama. Yep. That's um,
2: what they say at the end of it, right?
1: Isn't that at uh-huh.
2: the end? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. At the end of the song. Um, the top book was The Satanic Verses by Salman Rushdie. Mm-hmm. The top movie is Pet Cemetery, The top song, Like a Prayer by Madonna. All right. Anything else to add about our, our week in 89? No. All right. No. Well, uh, let's let's start dreaming here. Uh, the title of this one is The Dream Team. Came out on April 7th, 1989, rated PG-13. Runtime is one hour and 53 minutes. Director was Howard Zeef, who did Private Benjamin and My Girl. Uh, producer was Joseph M. Caracciolo. Oh, I butchered that one. Carac-
3: Caracciolo. Caracciolo. Caracciolo, right?
2: Let's go with that yeah. one. Caracciolo. Um a chorus line and Spider-Man 2. Uh writers for this one, John Connolly and David Luca, uh did Eddie and Working Trash. Cinematography done by Adam Hollander, who did Midnight Cowboy and Eight Heads in a Duffel Bag. Music was David McHugh, who did Mystic Pizza and Moscow on the Hudson. Uh budget, we believe, is probably somewhere around 15 million. Box office was twenty eight point eight million in the US. Rotten Tomato Critics give this one a 54%, Rotten Tomato Audience give it a 61%, IMDb gives it a 65%, Letterboxd gives it a 60%, and CinemaScore gave it a B+. Starring Michael Keaton as Billy Caulfield, he was in Spotlight and Batman 89, Christopher Lloyd is Henry Sikorsky, he was in Back to the Future and Who Framed Roger Rabbit, Peter Boyle was Jack McDermott, he was in Taxi Driver and Young Frankenstein. Uh, putting on the Ritz. Steven first was Albert Annuzzi. He was in Babylon 5 and Animal House. Uh, Dennis, oh, I knew I was going to mess this one up too. Uh, Dennis Butzikaris played Dr. Weitzman. He was in Money Monster and The Born Legacy. Lorraine Bracco played Riley. She was in The Sopranos and Medicine Man. Milo O'Shea played Dr. Newald. He was in The Verdict and the 1968 Romeo and Juliet. Philip Bosco was O'Malley, he was in Working Girl and The Money Pit, and James Remar was Gianelli, and he was in The Renaissance Man and Too Fast, Too Furious. Here is the trailer, and we will be back in just a moment.
1: Put your game face on. Here we go. I'll tell you something, that's the best backhand I've ever seen on Thor's English. Four Major League Psychotics. I've never agreed with that diagnosis. We're on
0: a field trip to a ball game. When their doctor
3: disappeared, we run into one complication murder.
2: What'd you say?
3: You recommend a good clinical psychiatrist in the neighborhood. We seem to have lost ours. Now, we ran into a little snag out here. Somebody's trying to kill Dr. Weitzman. I fear my doctor may have been seized by the Romans. They're on their own. Kind of wanted by the police right now. Bummer.
1: They're off their medication. It's great to be young and insane. And they're about to give the world a dose of reality. We're a special combat unit with the United States Marine Corps, and we've been tracking some Libyan terrorists. In fact, I think we've got them trailed to a bagel shop around the corner.
0: Give me a break.
1: All right, we're four escape lunatics.
3: Yes, I believe. we got to pull Whitesman out of the hospital before those two cops come back. We
0: are all naked in the eyes of the Lord! Would someone please take me back to my room? Those foreign nuts are still rattling around somewhere.
1: There's an APB out on. Look out! We came to town to see a ball game, now they want to give us the chair. Hold it. I love New York. Bring your kids, have them arrested. Do some time in the Big Apple.
2: Michael Keaton, Christopher Lloyd, Peter
1: Boyle, Stephen First.
0: This is crazy.
1: I can relate to that. I got news for you psychos. We're getting better. Yeah! The
3: Dream Team. Arise and walk, my son.
2: Coming soon to a theater near you. Okay, so real quick before we get, uh, you know, too much further into kind of the basic uh, basics of the plot of the movie and uh, what we liked about it. Bo, this one was your pick. So when, uh, when it came out that we were talking about movies that we missed and you get to pick one movie um, from the decade of the 80s that we did not cover, uh, what made you want to pick this one?
3: Well, it was one that I looked at for 1989 and it didn't make the cut. And everything else that just kind of popped into my head, we had actually covered. I think I even emailed John about a couple. I was like, did we do these? And it had been long enough that I didn't remember we'd done them. Yeah. (laughs) Which I don't know what that says, but
2: (laughs) it says we've done a lot of podcasts. Yeah, yeah, there's that. Mm -hmm.
3: So it was kind of fun. I've always loved this movie. This is one that I can go back to. Maybe not quite as much as Pat can watch cannonball run, but, uh, but I can go back to this one a lot. It's just a lot of fun. Um, I've always loved it, and so I thought it would be fun to uh, to pull it off the pile.
2: There we go. All right. Well, the, very, very quickly, kind of the um, general gist of this movie um, is you have uh, – you, you start off the movie with uh, four – let's see, there are four of them, right? Billy yep. – Yeah, Billy Henry, Jack, and Albert, um, and they are patients in a mental institution – and they, uh, you know, we kind of start off the movie getting introduced to the idea that, first of all, we think Christopher Lloyd is one of the doctors. Um, and I remember this part of the movie. It had been a long time since I've seen this one. But from the get-go, I remember that, oh, yeah, this is the part where you're you're totally convinced he's one of the doctors because he's trying to get everybody into the group therapy session. He's going
3: in my report. Right, right. Dr. Weissman's not going to like this. Right.
2: He's going through, and you are completely convinced that he's one of the doctors. But then as you find out later on, he's one of the patients. He just happens to have a bit of a... Uh, obsessive compulsive disorder that uh you know he's walking around with his clipboard and wearing the same uh coat as ever all the other doctors and doing that thing um so we kind of see the collection of the different uh, patients that are being brought into the group session and and uh we get the the real doctor comes in dr weitzman comes in and he's been working with these guys and um then as we kind of move on, he has this idea that he wants to take them out of the institution and take him out to a, um, they go to a Yankees game. Mm-hmm. It was a yep. Yankees game. Was it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, going to a Yankees game. He wants to take them out, get some, get some fresh air. Uh, he feels like they're making some really good progress, but they just need to get out, uh, and get out into the world. So as they do, they, he, he gets that approved and they, uh, they get in their van and they're driving to New York city and, um, they get there and, and they have to make a bathroom stop, uh, at one point for Albert, and um, when that happens, the doctor accidentally sees someone get killed by some crooked cops, and he himself gets beaten up, and um, then at that point, the patients are kind of on their own. And so for the rest of the movie, it's kind of a series of events of them either trying to find the doctor or trying to protect the doctor, because um, we've got these two crooked cops who are trying to kill the doctor, so that he can't wake up and you know reveal exactly what happened. And then, as the movie kind of goes along, uh, eventually the patients get blamed for the doctor being attacked and for the uh, person who got killed. They get blamed for that murder as well. And so you've you've got a bit of a, you know, a little bit of mistaken identity, you know, a little bit of a uh, almost a Home Alone two, Lost in New York kind of vibe to it. But uh, you you've got them stuck in the big city, and how are they going to react with all their different? psychoses and other issues that are going on, you know, how are they going to be able to handle themselves when clearly they had been committed to this institution for various different reasons. What's going to happen now that they are completely unsupervised in the city by themselves. And, you know, the movie kind of takes it from there. So, yeah, I, I remember watching this as a kid. I don't know that it would have been when we saw in the theater, but it's definitely one that we would have rented at some point. Cause I remember seeing it several times as a kid, but I don't think I've seen it since Bo, I think I told you, I don't think I've seen it since the early 90s, so it must have been one that we watched several times when it came out, and then past that, I don't remember seeing it, you know, I remember seeing it when we lived in Texas, and we lived in Texas up until about 91, and I don't remember having watched it after that, so it must have been one that we rented several times, maybe it's possible we recorded it off of TV or something and and had a copy of it, but... Um but yeah no there were there were definitely parts of this movie that I vividly remembered, but this is one you said that was that was just a pretty special movie to you and that you watched it regularly,
3: yeah, I don't know I, I maybe it hit me at the right time growing up or whatnot, but just the humor in it just cracked me up and the idea of these four these four mental patients you know getting a field trip to go to a baseball game um I think we've talked about the general love of baseball mm-hmm. um recently mm-hmm. um and it, it was sort of that you know the the beauty of their one day out, that, you know what they're going to do? They're going to go to a ball game and they're going to have some hot dogs. And that is like their ultimate goal. You know, he, <laughs> the doctor hands everybody a $10 bill and says, and the one guy puts it in his mouth and he says, well, you can eat that now if you want. <laughs> but those hot dogs are pretty special. So you might want to wait. <laughs> and I think that's the other cool thing about it. They show, um, they show a doctor trying to treat his patients like people,
0: mm-hmm. Yeah,
3: which is nice. You know, and they they counterbalance it with the other doctors who were like, "Oh, yeah, these guys are really ready to go out, sure, mm-hmm. buddy, you have fun with that,
2: so what we talk- do it anyway, yeah, so and, and but, I don't remember if you and I talked about this, but I know Pat, you and I were talking about this a little bit, I think earlier today mm-hmm. um the the days blend together sometimes, yes. um, but I think we were talking about this earlier today, and we we kind of were making the comment that you know. It might be difficult to see a movie get made like this today. And, and you you might worry at some point, like, well, are we, are we finding humor in something that shouldn't be made fun of?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: But, Bo, the point you make, I think, kind of maybe answers that and says it's not being made fun of. That you're trying to show that these people are human beings. Like, yes, they may have some different issues going on but you should be treating them as humans just as the main doctor just as dr weitzman treats them as humans
3: right because
2: mm-hmm. because uh, pat i know we've talked in the past about like what about bob
0: mm-hmm.
2: and sometimes you can get kind of an uneasy feeling being like well yeah it was a you know it was a comedy and it was made when it was made but there are certain parts of that that it just make you feel a little bit uneasy
1: yeah I, but i'll tell you both you know your point really kind of Looking at this movie from a different angle, it kind of clicks in sync with as I was watching it. I was kind of like finding, I was asking myself, is this a comedy? I mean, there's some humorous parts, but mm-hmm. it's, it, I, I don't know. And maybe, maybe that's part of looking at things with a, a modern lens. Now, movies seem to be like, you know, everything is so segmented. This is an action movie. This is a comedy movie. This is a thing. Right. Whereas this one, I was watching it, it was just like, yeah, it's just these these four guys just like trying to get by. You know, I mean, it was was sort of like a a Turner and Hooch. There were some funny parts to it. But, no, it's just a story about people just trying to get by. And it was not a comedy movie. So now, putting that in partnership, I I don't think they were necessarily poking fun at these guys. It was just showing these guys trying to, you know, rise up or, or overcome their... I, I don't know what the correct PC term of Yeah, is.
3: I don't think they I I don't think they tried to poke fun at their psychoses so much as the psychosis was used as a way to put a fish out of water. Okay, yeah. Like how do you put someone with it you know, what happens if someone with an, with anger issues loses the leader and doesn't know what to do next? Well he's gonna lash out and this is what that might look like. Mm-hmm. You know, um Albert can't communicate, so what's going to happen to him? Mm-hmm.
2: What do you do when you put um, Jesus in a church service?
3: <laughs> oh, geez, Yeah, oh, <laughs> uh, all sorts of fun things. He starts taking off his pants, <laughs> which then you have to buy new ones at the army surplus store. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and and that's, a, know, that's a statement clearly.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
3: yes, and and to Pat's point about there being funny moments, I mean, one of the one of my favorite lines in. Movies ever that I've never been able to use in real life. I am the Lord thy God; thou shalt have no strange gods before me. Out of my way, ass! <laughs> Come on, that's awesome.
1: That was pretty good. That was pretty good. <laughs> uh,
3: like you know, that's just outstanding. <laughs> oh, um, but the way they, the way the comedy just is there. But it's still, you know, it's still kind of a caper movie. Every time they have to escape from. Their most recent entrapment, you know, or when they, (laughs) when they tell the doctor at the end and they're on their way back, oh yeah, your other doctor buddies, yeah, they're all hopped up on drugs. (laughs) We're going to have to get that. I prescribed a hundred milligrams of, yeah, Thorazine. They're, they're fine. Don't worry. (laughs) Um, And, and it shows like, I'm all over the place with this movie, but it, um, the interesting thing is when they get back to their old lives. Mm -hmm. That's when they finally start to act more normal, right? Albeit for a short period of time. For most of them, they all eventually revert, but it shows that glimmer of hope that maybe the doctor was right that maybe they do just need to get out,
2: Mm -hmm. and
3: you know nothing breeds crazy like other crazy, right?
2: Well, that was that was part of it too. Is that as you see them get back to their regular lives, or get back to you know situations that that had been in before. Part of me watching this movie this time now as an adult, you know, as a kid watching it, I was probably just like, yeah, all these people are really funny. Um, but watching it as an adult, you see them get back into those situations. And then it had me thinking, I'm like, well, then why are some of these people locked up in this institution in the first place?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Like you see that. And I'm, and I'm, I'm thinking maybe in particular of you know, obviously you take your clothes off in public and, you know, try to walk around that you're, you're going to get either arrested or something. Um but I think part of it was, you know, especially, especially Christopher Lloyd's character and Michael Keaton's character, I think I looked at both of those and I was like, I, I don't know that I'm seeing anything here that is so intense that you'd get sent away for it.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Well, and I, I, that's one thing I was going to say. I don't think they do a great job of explaining why everybody's
2: there. Right. Because I mean, they do, at the beginning, they incident. do, they, well, they do talk about how they're just coming off of medication. Right, and they've made a lot of progress, and I, so maybe things were just way worse. And and we're seeing them right. We're seeing them at like the end of their journey. Might
3: have committed himself.
2: Right. Mm-hmm. Right.
3: And you get the feeling that that Billy Billy probably knifed somebody pretty good.
2: Well, Billy's been arrested several times.
3: Right, and this may have been his ticket to not you know.
2: And one of his you know when, he, jail. when he's talking to the nurse, and the nurse recognizes him, does he say like, "Yeah, yeah. I had that head wound. It was self inflicted." Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
3: So, you know, danger to himself, danger to others sort of thing with Billy. Yeah. Um, Albert's a little easier and, and, well, our Lord and Savior, he might have committed himself to, or the ad agency might have had him committed.
2: Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> Father, forgive us for we have sinned. We parked our car in a forbidden zone.
3: <laughs> I, I'll, I have died and been reborn. I could do it again, Buster. <laughs> yeah. Yeah oh god so good and, and you know a great cast again too I mean
1: yeah
3: we recently talked about Cannonball Run and it's not quite that star-studded but still yeah Christopher Lloyd Mike, Michael Keaton even and I'm gonna butcher his name so I'm not even gonna do it but even the guy who plays Dr. Weitzman I mean he is in so much stuff yeah um Stephen First is his mm-hmm. he'll always be he will always be flounder, mm-hmm. but <laughs> and, and Peter Boyle's resume is pretty darn long uh, right. all by himself. Yeah. So And then the people that I, you know, I, I tell you I love this movie. I never connected Lorraine Bracco till this viewing.
2: Oh, okay. Really.
3: It had been a while since I saw it. I hadn't put that together. I did it the instant her name flashed on screen this time. <laughs> yeah. I was like... Oh, yeah. Nice. And then I heard her voice, and I was like, wow, I don't know how I missed that.
1: Right, because it is a very distinctive voice.
3: It really kind of is, how I missed it before. And I, it's one of those things, I have a feeling I didn't miss it, I just didn't remember it, if that means anything. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm.
1: yeah.
3: But,
2: yeah, we were regular regular watchers of um, of The Sopranos back in the day, so I immediately... Oh, yeah you know when i saw her in the sopranos i she seemed familiar to me and i don't know if it was from having watched this movie so much as a kid i don't know if that's why and i just i couldn't at the time i'm not sure imdb existed or i knew that it existed when we'd watched the sopranos but mm-hmm. i knew i'm like I, I this person seems so familiar to me i just don't know where she's from and then when i saw her in this movie i was like oh no that's where she's from
3: yeah and she's getting you know it's funny i've getting doing the research for this i looked her up and saw some of the other things she's been in and i'm like oh i've seen her in more stuff than i realized mm-hmm. sopranos is what we all remember but i saw medicine man for sure
2: yeah yeah i've seen that one
1: and wait and, um is she uh what uh, there's a mob movie she's
2: in uh wasn't Goodfellas. she also in Goodfellows? yeah yeah
3: wasn't she yeah, she's in Goodfellows? she was mrs hill yeah yeah if you ever saw the TV series I Married a Mobster, she was the narrator voice. Okay. Which okay. is hysterical because she's got a great voice for that.
2: Yeah. Yeah, so I... We've already kind of touched on like some of the uh, you know like favorite scenes, favorite quotes. Are there any others that you can think of? Because again, this is one of those movies that there's just so many funny scenes and there's just so many great quotes. Um, are there any particular that jump out at you like, I love this one. Like if I could pick one, I love this one.
3: This might be just... I don't know why it struck me as amusing, and this is one of, you know, Billy's fantasies as they're driving in. The bit, the and I hate to call it a bit because it's still sensitive for a lot of people, but his little bit about the two towers.
2: Yes. Mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> I was an architect working on them. First they wanted to build just one, but I said, we're here. What the hell? <laughs> Throw the other one up. Throw the other one up. He turned out pretty well, didn't it? oh my god he's got he's got a couple of those little
1: things throughout where he's like yeah i built that or i did this or, right right or was, mm-hmm. was yeah
3: because that's another one of his things like he exaggerates he lives in a fantasy world yeah
2: which if he didn't have the anger issues i'm I'm sitting there watching that i'm gonna be like well you know and they mentioned that he writes mm-hmm. you know you know are you still writing or they keep asking him things like that i'm like well that's perfect like you be a writer. Maybe if you could just deal with some of the anger issues and the violence, then, you know, you, you don't need to be locked up. You just, you know, use your imagination, write, be a writer and do that kind of stuff.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I, there were a couple of different lines in this one that I thought were funny. Um, and, and some of them, not necessarily like laugh out loud lines, but one of the ones that I thought was kind of funny towards the beginning was when he comes in to tell each of them that they're going to the baseball game. Yeah. And he goes into Billy's room and, And uh, he says something like, you know, there's 60,000 or 65,000 seats up at that stadium, but I want you to get your hopes up because they're all screwed down. Yeah. (laughs) Right after you've had the scene where he throws the the chair out the window. Um, The other one.
3: The doctor has a sense of humor with these
2: people. Right, right. The other one, too, was, um, you know, still Jack when he's, you know, completely convinced that he is Jesus. Um, Same one as the father forgive us for we have sinned. We parked a car in a forbidden zone. Mm -hmm. But the one right before that. When he walks up to the tow truck and he says, stop, who dares to tow the van of the living Christ?
3: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, whenever Billy is self aware of being a mental patient is really good too. Mm-hmm. When he's tangling up with Gianelli, I'm a police officer, drop the gun. I'm a mental patient. I'm not impressed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm a mental patient.
1: Yeah. I'm not impressed mm-hmm. now.
3: Yeah. There's a couple others. I, I can't find the exact wording, but there's a couple other times where he just says, yeah. I'm a mental patient. Wh- mm-hmm. What? Oh, you guys need to pay up and get out of here. Who the f- are you? I'm an escape mental patient with a history of violence. Yeah. <laughs> you
1: know, yeah. Yeah. Puts the guy's face right in the pie or on the plate, whatever the heck it yep. was. With,
3: yeah. Or, or my personal favorite, ah, uh, it's great to be young and insane. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, you, you feel like he could turn, he could spin around and go, you want to get nuts? Yeah. Come on, <laughs> let's get nuts. hmm <laughs> mm.
2: I do like the comment that the, the doctor makes when he first walks in the room and sees that the chair is halfway through the window. He just says, looks like one of our chairs tried to make a break for it. <laughs> yeah. Yes.
3: Yeah. Uh, and it, it, that is the beauty of it. He They establish that relationship that they have with this doctor in one sentence. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that says everything and sets the. You don't have to delve any deeper into that. It's done. Mm. I think that's the other thing that makes this movie so good is the, the writing does that in a very subtle way. Yeah, it doesn't have to beat you over the head with it. It just, I think Pat said it best. It's just about these guys getting by every day.
1: Yeah, and it was funny. It was fun watching it and realizing, uh, Christopher Lloyd is a is a is a patient there he isn't one of the doctors and it took me it took me probably longer than most to figure that whole piece out you guys had seen it so long ago do you remember like how long it took you in that opening sequence before you realized that oh wait a minute Christopher Lloyd is a patient there
3: I think when I first saw it it probably took me till he said uh, take off the coat
1: okay
2: yeah because having seen this as a kid I, I probably wouldn't have figured uh, it out yeah. until he told him to sit down with the rest of the patients yeah yeah
1: I was when he was talking to the guys outside. He's just like, "I don't like to go in there alone. Go in. I'll yeah. be in shortly." And it was kind of like, "Oh my gosh, he's yeah, yeah." But perfect casting for the guys, you know, for what they oh, played. Yeah. I mean, they were they were spot on.
0: Yeah.
3: Yeah, it was it was well done all around. From and even the you know the choice of music was just perfect. I mean, when they're in the van and they're all doing "Hit the Road Jack," yeah, I mean, come on, too good. They should uh, they should get that... Uh, can you get that whole group together? You know, I think you'd need someone to play Peter Boyle, wouldn't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. But you should get... Well, maybe that's where... Uh, uh, What's-his-name sits. But they should redo that for Carpool Karaoke. That would be funny. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> James Corden can fill in for Peter Boyle. Mm-hmm.
2: And actually, I think... Uh, isn't Stephen First, isn't he dead? The Albert oh, character, possible. the Flounder yeah, character of Animal House? Possible. I thought he died... Yes, he died yeah. uh, a couple years ago. He was 63 when he died.
3: Yeah. So maybe James Corden plays Stephen first. There you go. Then we need, Peter, we need someone to play Peter Boyle because that scene is hysterical.
2: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yes. Well, and the fact that he's the other one that starts singing next. Right. And just and, and not even just like a little bit. He's just belting it out in the back seat. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, I will say, be, before we go on to our, our five questions part here, um, I will say the one line in the movie that took me out of the movie just for a second and made me a little bit jealous was at the very end of the movie when they're like, you got 42 bucks left. That can get us four seats and a couple of dogs. Yeah, how I was about like, it? Oh, man. <laughs> you got $42 and that can give you four seats and a few hot dogs at a baseball game?
1: Well, you can't use 21st century sensibilities with looking at know. Back.
2: I know. I'm sitting there thinking. I'm not even sure I can get two hot dogs for forty two dollars now. Yeah,
3: it's it's sad but true. <laughs> yeah, I you
1: know what? It's it's funny. Um, I was sitting there watching uh, um, Michael Keaton and watching him play. And you know, John, we were kind of having one of our ongoing discussions earlier about different film composers and do they reuse? Uh, do they reuse ideas? And is that good? Is that bad? And whatnot? And then, yep. you know, we, the comment came up, well, it's kind of like an actor with a look or a delivery of a line or, or something. You know, they're or in the most extreme sense, they're kind of playing the same guy in whatever movie they're in. Okay, so Dewey Q is an actor of stealing from their own material and all that. And it's funny because I was watching Michael Keaton in this, and in thinking about it, it's like all the hallmarks of what I, I just, you know, that's Michael Keaton from Mr. Mom, that's Mr. Michael Keaton in Batman that's Michael mm-hmm. Keaton in this, that's Michael, you know, like you you, kind of are picking up his different mannerisms and how he acts, and it just came together so well in this. Because, I I mean, he was able to bring a, you know, bring that a, a depth to that character where you see the you know, the anger and how he can't control it, but then it'll flip and it'll be, he just wants, he's kind of above it all. He kind of, he wants, he's better than those other guys. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't that the thing on him that he was leaving his group when it was going to group. He was kind of like leaving it behind, and it, and whoever was telling right wasn't he always trying to distance himself? Maybe that's a better way to describe it mm-hmm. from yeah. the group. And he was able to bring that out in the character too. Is you know it was like hey I don't want, don't don't associate with me with these guys, you know. So yeah, I I uh, I really like Michael Keaton as an actor. I guess that's what I'm trying to say in a long turn it about yeah. way. But he really can. He really
2: brings his characters to life. He does a really good job with it. Yeah. Uh, real quick, before we get into the the five questions part, it's kind of funny. I've got a um, I've got like this extension on my computer that whenever I look at like a movie or something else, um, there's like a, this Amazon assistant thing that will pop up and say, "Hey, we can tell you're looking at the Dream Team. Would you like to see some other movies that customers have enjoyed watching?" Okay. And I was like, okay, this looks kind of interesting. So I actually just clicked on it just now. And the, uh, the top four movies that they've got uh, for people who have either purchased or, or looked at the Dream Team, uh, you got Multiplicity by, with Michael Keaton and uh, Andy McDowell, okay. mm-hmm. um, which is a fun movie. I've seen that one a bunch of times. Uh, one I haven't seen before, but now I'm kind of interested in, in maybe trying to find it, uh, Loose Cannons with Gene Hackman and Dan Aykroyd.
3: Oh, that is so funny.
2: I have never seen this one.
3: Oh my god, Loose Cannons is great and then uh Spies Like Us. Yes.
2: Yeah. Well we've done that. We did Spies by uh, Spies Like yeah. Us. We had that one as one of our as one of our I shows but I've of... never seen hey, actually Loose Cannons is nineteen ninety, so maybe we can do it next year.
3: Yeah, Loose Cannons is good. Uh, it the, has been the years synopsis since I've seen if you that.
2: if you haven't seen this, the synopsis for it real quick is just uh veteran Gene Hackman teams up with a schizophrenic detective Dan Aykroyd in this wacky action packed thriller.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, also That's... starring Dom Deloise.
3: Yep. It's
2: so fun. Uh, another one that they had on here is as like a recommended one is uh, One Good Cop. Uh, it's more of a drama. It's got Michael Keaton. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. Oh, okay, now I know
3: the one you're have talking you seen about.
2: That? I've never seen this one either.
3: It's been uh, years. It's been a minute.
2: <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, it says uh, the synopsis is: Detective becomes the guardian of three girls when his partner dies. Yep. So obviously, that one not maybe quite so much comedy.
3: No, not
2: as much. And then the, uh, the last one on here, uh, for one of the recommended ones, is Night Shift from
0: 1982. <laughs> uh, when
2: financial planner Chuck Lumley, loser Bill Blazejowski and prostitute in need of a pimp Belinda Keaton meet at the New York morgue, nothing will ever be the same on the Night Shift. <clears throat>
3: yeah.
2: And that one's got, uh, it's directed by Ron Howard, it's got Henry Winkler, Michael Keaton, and Shelley Long
3: yeah that one that one's amusing too yeah so i know i just i saw these i saw these pop up here and i was like a friend of my uncle's worked at a marriott a billion years ago yeah and so at one point he would he had a rig figured out where he could record all of the pay-per-view movies at the hotel right oh nice so he had a library of movies; it was endless. There you go. I saw so many movies back then <laughs> because of that guy. Yeah, um, Night Shift was one of them. Okay, Lady Hawk. Oh yeah. Um, just all sorts of crazy stuff.
2: Yeah. Yeah, Loose Cannons. Now I, I think I want to go take a look for that one. Maybe that'll be on uh, the list for next year.
3: That's solid. He asks each
2: traveler five questions.
3: It's impossible to answer. Impossible because you don't know the answer.
2: Nobody could answer
0: that question. You've got to ask
1: yourself one question.
3: What are you
2: asking me for? I don't know.
1: What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard, and may
2: God have mercy on your soul. Uh, all right, so five questions, um, and this time around, so and 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 Bo, I'm I'm just gonna say how nice of a person you are because you actually went through and you did the, you. Took all the notes for this one, and you did the five questions for this well, one. Well, not
3: all of the notes. John's giving me too much credit. Well, the I, plot notes that John wrote I, I threw are a few much more extensive that. than mine would have been.
2: I those <laughs> plot notes. No, no, no. Those plot notes are copied from MDB So
3: uh, fair enough. I didn't
2: wrote. Fair I didn't enough. write those. I I bulleted those.
3: You went and got them. Though. I went
2: and got them. So I did not do that. <laughs> but you did more of the. You did more of the other work. So I take back everything I've ever said about you.
3: <laughs> well, everything though. I mean, I, you know what? I, yes,
2: I will. I will take back everything I said. That doesn't mean I can't say anything from this point on.
3: That's very true. Okay. You have left yourself open. I have. That is probably a good idea.
2: I have. <laughs> All right. So our five questions this time around. Um, question number one. You are the doctor. Where do you take your group for some fresh air? And, Bo, you came up with this one, so I'm assuming okay. you've got something in mind.
3: I do. You know, it's funny. I, I went back and forth on a few. I was trying to analyze their psychoses a little more because I thought it needed to be something calmer than New York City. Mm-hmm. And and maybe calmer than a Yankee game. <laughs>
2: There's that, yeah.
3: Um, but at the same time, he was—I think—he was playing to baseball for Albert for a reason. Mm-hmm. So I actually wrote down minor league baseball. Okay. Just something smaller and calmer was what I think maybe they needed to go from the insane asylum to New York City. Maybe not the best call. Mm-hmm. Just say. Um, I also did write down you know, horse racing, but then I thought that might play into other psychoses that we didn't want to get into
2: okay okay <laughs> yes. we yeah, uh, gambling and all that exactly um, yeah actually uh, mine were kind of along the same lines like the first one i wrote without even giving much thought to it the first one i wrote down you know obviously this is not interesting enough for it to be made into a movie <laughs> but uh if oh, i neither had, were mine don't get me wrong well right <laughs> but um the first thing i thought of was uh chicago botanic garden
3: Oh sure, like, yeah. It'd be good place a to go. Just get yeah.
2: out, and you're you're out in the fresh air. If you've ever been there, they've got all these different things you can do, like all the different parts of the garden, different types of the garden. Right. Um, we've had a membership for for years and years and years, so we go there pretty regularly. Um, the other thing about that is it is almost completely enclosed, so if they get loose,
0: mm-hmm.
2: there's kind of you know only so far they can go. Um, so I, I think I was also thinking of that piece of it, too. Like yeah, if, if,
3: and a fair point, as yeah. illustrated by the movie.
2: Right, right, right. Um, but then I was thinking, if some would find that boring, like it's not quite like going to a Yankee game, uh, then my other thought was go to something like a smaller-scale baseball game or sporting event or something so Mm -hmm. my other thought was um we always Sharon and I would regularly go to uh University of Illinois baseball games when we were down there oh sure yeah and uh, mostly because they were free for students well that Um, that helps it helps too but we really enjoyed it it was a lot of fun it's it's just on a smaller scale it's you you kind of get maybe a little bit more invested in the team and the players and um you kind of get to know some of the people around you and stuff Mm -hmm. like that so that was if it it needed to be a sporting event I would have gone with an Illini baseball game
3: there you go
1: I, well it's funny, I think I'm gonna take um uh, I think I'm gonna take both years. I, I mean that was right where I was thinking. And my first thought was uh, you know, get outside, see the trees and, and something like that. But since you took the botanic gardens, I think I'll say maybe like down to uh, uh you know, like a beach. And not necessarily oh, there you, you know, go. just out like by the I mean Yeah. Now they were they were New York. So I mean that you know it could be that the, the, the seashore, you know, ocean shore if we're talking like from where we're at, maybe a nice beach along Lake Michigan, but just somewhere out and obviously not totally contained because they could jump in and start swimming for it, but some place <laughs> where you know you see right where they're at and, and, and you could keep your sure. mind with that. Let me,
2: let me correct you there for a second. Jack would start walking in the water. Wow. He would yeah,
1: he would walk mm-hmm. and then you you know there would be that whole thing. But you know they could sit and if you know you know just kind of do their thing until it was time to go. So that would be my first thought.
2: Nice. All right, question number two. uh, Which of our dream team's psychosis would you absolutely not want to suffer from? And I think my answer pretty much right away, when I just compared all the different ones, my answer is probably Albert. Like the inability to communicate. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: So much of my job and just me as a person is all about communication. Yep. And so I, I have always said whether, you know, if I were ever to be injured in such a way where I could no longer communicate, I think that probably would be the most difficult thing for me. Yeah, so, I would agree. So I go for I that one. I go for the one, too. the Albert one, because the other ones I feel like I could deal with a li- right. just knowing myself. I could deal with those a little bit better than, you know, although Henry's stuff would probably drive me nuts too.
3: Yeah. But yeah, if I had to choose one, it was definitely Albert. Yeah. The, the, the inability to express myself would be hard. Yeah.
1: I, I, I'll i be honest. I'll, I'll swim upstream on, on this one a little bit and just say uh, um, the guy that was Frankenstein that kept taking his clothes off. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah,
3: Jack. I am the Lord, your God out of my way. <laughs> yeah. I, I just, I just
1: think, I, I mean, I get what you're saying, the inability to communicate, but then f- for me, looking at that where, I mean, is that all how he saw the world? and I, yeah. I mean, it just that whole thing where I don't want to say that the other guys, I mean, I am not going to sit there and say, well, those other things to play, they could just control it. But, I mean, that whole thing, yeah. you know, he was, he was literally kind of in his own world. And it was like, I'm not sure if there's much crossover at this point between that. And he kept bouncing back and forth between, uh, you know, seeming to comprehend what he was doing and then not. I, I, I just, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to deal with, with that. You know, the other ones seem to be a little bit more of a uh, – um,
3: Maybe manageable. Manageable.
1: Well, it was like they took things that maybe people that aren't in uh, committed to a hospital or an asylum or whatever deal with, but just kind of um, took them to excess. I mean, there's people like that have a problem, you know, like they lose their temper, they have anger management issues, so they lash out, but they're not like committed or something like that, you know. What's what's uh, Christopher Lloyd character? You know, I mean, obviously he. Oh, Henry. Yeah, yeah. He seemed to think that he was a doctor, but you know, there's a, someone that just likes things everything in place, follow the rules, checking his time, do you know, put your shoes mm-hmm. in the you know, like there's an element of me that's kind of like, yeah, let's clean up, let's get things in order, and all that. You know, nothing to the extreme of what you see in the movie. So that's why those two things seem to be like, like you said, manageable, or, or just going further down the road of something that people already have issues with but the whole thinking you're the lord and taking your clothes off and that whole thing like i i just
2: all right um question number three favorite christopher lloyd role in either tv or film
3: i wrote this one and i i wanted to ask you if we did this one when we did um back to the future but
2: i don't think so because we were, you didn't I, we, stop me so no we weren't doing um we weren't really doing five questions that back then
3: oh that's a good point so All right. Good. Yeah. Well, not to uh, rehash. We
2: might have have asked something like it, but not formally.
3: Um, Not to rehash a TV show I brought up not too long ago um, with another character uh, from a movie we just watched. But I'm going to bring up Taxi again. Yeah. And his his Reverend Jim Ignatowski. Mm -hmm. There is a scene from that show that my wife and I will still throw back and forth with each other randomly. If someone says slow down, or if someone asks about a yellow light, there is a bit from Taxi where Reverend Jim had to go get his driver's license renewed. Mm -hmm. and He is taking the written test, and he is trying to cheat. And so he is trying trying to speak to Jeff Conaway's character, and he is saying, what does a yellow light mean? (laughs) And Jeff Conaway says, slow down. And Jim goes, "What does a yellow light... slow down?" What? And it goes on like that for what feels like 5 minutes 30 awesome. seconds of video. But it is it's probably on YouTube. What does a yellow light mean from the show Taxi? And it is priceless comedy. Awesome. And, and it, I just love that show and that character is just awesome.
2: This was kind of I I know my answer right away, but at the same time I was like, well, there's Taxi, there's Star Trek 3, there's mm. uh, you know, there's Clue, there's um, oh gosh, what I mean, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, there's yep. All those That was on my ones. list. Um, you know, I even and and <laughs> certain people in my family would be upset with me if I didn't mention he's also in Suburban Commando.
3: Yes, he is. Now,
2: that's a very small amount of people that will know and appreciate Suburban Commando, but I just knew I had to mention it just in case certain members of my family are listening. I was um,
1: frozen today! <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, Uncle Uncle Fester in the Adams Family movies. Um, you know, I, just it, so many, so many good. Uh, Angels in the Outfield, he was great in that one. Uh-huh. Um, just so many good things that he's been in. I just can't I I can't I can't not do back to the future like I got to go back to the future yeah because that is just I I can't think of of all those other ones I listed I am like, oh he was so good in that he was so good in that amazing in that hilarious in that but if you mention back to the future I'm just gonna go oh yeah doc like I I can't I can't separate him from doc so yeah um, so I got to go that one it's got to be back to the future
1: yeah, I remember being, a, I, I agree, and I remember being a kid and thinking, oh, yeah, okay, Doc Brown, like, that's who he was. And then you see yeah. him in something else, and it's like, well, that's not Doc Brown. Oh, wait, that's right, right. he's an actor. Well, that's right. not the guy that, you know, like, I kind of remember having those things as yeah. kids, so.
2: I will, you know what I will say? I will say I'll give, um, of all the other movies, even though I saw him in everything else um, earlier, a number, two. If, if I was to say, you know, my second choice, my second choice might be Clue.
0: Okay. I might sure. I might go Professor mm-hmm.
2: Plum and Clue. Mm-hmm. Might be my second choice. But see, then I, I'm looking at it and I'm like, well who framed Roger Rabbit? who all those other ones. I just I don't know. So back to the future. That's what I'm gonna leave it at.
1: I, I think I gotta go back to the future just because that was mm-hmm. that was how I know him. I mean, it's just that that was him. And so it wasn't oh Christopher Lloyd, it was Doc Brown's in another movie. Mm-hmm. And then when you see him and he was in a movie where he was kind of a strange character, which he kind of is in A lot of his things, it was like, mm-hmm. "That's not Doc Brown. That's yeah. not right. That's you know, that was like world bending to me. Mm-hmm. You know, um, why I mean, does that
2: Klingon commander sound like Doc Brown? Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> well, and I didn't even realize that till later. Like I had to read it, then it was like, oh yeah. Like I, I never processed that that was that was Doc Brown. But like yeah. the who framed Roger Rabbit, Rabbit scared the pants off me. Not only just because that was a scary character. But because that's Doc Brown. Like, that's right. like an evil version of the guy that you think you knew. Um, so, yeah, it, it, I'd have to say Back to the Future. I mean, Commander Crew, that, that was a, one of the great all-time villains. Um,
3: uh, I give two minutes. Two
2: minutes to you and your valiant crew. Valiant crew. Is it valiant? Get out Get out of there! Like get, out of there. there. I, get
0: out of there!
2: I feel like we had this conversation. Is it valiant or Gallant. We've talked about this before, I feel like. We have. Yeah. You know, I think it's gallant.
1: I give two, Ooh, the 2 minutes, gallant right? Gallant
3: crew, John wins. Okay. Oh, there you go. There you go. And I and I should have learned long ago not to doubt John when it comes to <laughs> when it comes to, to useless quotes. knowledge. Yeah, pretty much.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: Yeah, more than 3 websites that are listing the quote as gallant. I okay. go ahead and say that's a That's a confirmed kill. There it okay. is. There we go.
2: There we go. All right. Uh number 4, the ending. Do you let them go unsupervised or lock them back up? I say let them go. They've handled the entire plot of this movie, so I think they're fine. Clearly, if they can be chased down by corrupt cops mm-hmm. and you know have the wherewithal to you know just stay sane for a little bit longer, um, you know if they can do that, I think they can probably go off to a, a Yankee game by themselves because clearly they have progressed to a point where they're okay to be unsupervised for a little bit.
3: I think the only red flag is I'm not sure. That they can function without a common goal, and I don't know that going to the game is a common goal. So much as saving Doctor Weitzman would have been. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I want to let them go. I just don't know if they can get ten feet without slapping each other like the Three Stooges. Mm-hmm. Well, there's
2: that true too. Yeah, <laughs> that is true.
1: I'm th- I, it's hard, and this is this is. This is really kind of what I bumped into before. Uh, I'm I'm, I'm really taking this question way too deep. You you know, I feel like they're human beings, and so you want to just say, let them go. Like, that whole, like, lock them up thing, it just, I I kind of bump on that, saying it.
3: Well, and lock them up, that's me. Right, Right, no, I know, for lack of a better term. Writing a question. Right,
1: (laughs) but but in the same token, you know, uh, well, here, I'll quote the Bill Murray thing, baby steps baby steps. We we might need Mm -hmm. to just have a little, we might just have to have some scaffolding in place for them, you know? Um, Because it was, you know, did they click back and they're fine now? And yeah, I I don't know. That that was a hard one to answer. So I I would say, I don't know if I could do the either or. I, I would think maybe a few more trial runs. Maybe like you guys sit there, we'll have someone off to the side that you can get to if you need help, you know, I mean, right.
3: Uh, a bit of a softer land. Yes, exactly.
2: All right. And last question. Number five is Billy ready to get out.
3: He's closer than most. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. That's what I had written down. He's the most functional of the group.
3: He's probably the only one in that group. I would trust her to drive the van.
2: Yeah. <laughs> That's also true.
3: Um, I think part of, is he ready? Is, there, is she ready? Because yeah, he needs a support system of some kind.
2: Yeah. You kind of worry that if the relationship between them did not work out, then what's, you know, what is, what is his, again. what is his relapse going to look like?
1: Right. right. Exactly. Cause he didn't have any delusions or he wasn't like thinking he was someone else. It was just that he'd fly off the handle. Well, right.
3: And he'd tell some lies, like okay. he helped build the, a- he was the architect for the world. That's right. That's right.
2: Right. With, with some violent tendencies, but
3: right. But if he channels that into his writing, he's probably okay.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: Right. Right. Well, do we have anything else we want to say about the dream team?
3: Pat, what'd you think of it for your first time? Um, so I, uh, I,
1: I liked it and, and this kind of came up before. My only thing is, is I originally bumped on the fact that am I being entertained by, you know, guys, you know, seeing people that are, are, Obviously, there are people exactly like that. But am I being entertained by uh, um, people that are, you know, mental patients, for lack of a right. better term? And, it's, and like I said, it kind of set me back because the way you framed it right at the beginning kind of just, you know, was like, well, it's just, you know, people kind of work into the thing. I really liked it. Let me, let, me, let me just answer your question as opposed to just saying a bunch of words. I really did. I really enjoyed it. Um, I like the idea of, you know, the underdogs that come together and find a way to uh um you know get the girls stop the bad guys rescue their friend or their the doctor and everything like that um i like seeing that i like seeing the you know the 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 dopes that where the doctors get their comeuppance like when when he's just like you better drive us right to such and such hospital oh well that's what we better do and so they get in and then the (laughs) next thing you see is them being committed um uh Uh, You know, and then whatever the heck drug he prescribed and they pumped him full of that. And those guys were out of it at that point. Um, So that, you know, that was, it was entertaining. But the only thing I still bump into is, is like some of the, of of the, of the five questions kind of got me because it was like, okay, are, are they ready to be on their own or are they good? And, you know, it's like, my understanding is that it's not like you're cured, like you've had a virus and now you don't have it anymore but it's like you just need strategies in place that can help you get by. And, you know, So, I, but I don't think that was the nature of the movie was to delve real in-depth with that. So that's like the one piece I just kind of trip on is it's like, okay, I just want to enjoy it for what it is and let it go, but then there's that other aspect that I keep coming back to where, you know, how, how would this be in real life? Which I know wasn't the nature of the movie, so then that leads me back to the first thought, so... So, I don't know, did that answer your question? I did enjoy it. It was a fun movie. Right on? So, yeah. And, you know, Christopher Lloyd and Michael Keaton, just watching those guys do their thing is pretty awesome. So
2: I, I have a hard time finding a Michael Keaton movie that I don't enjoy.
3: Well, he's pretty
0: fantastic. I,
2: I, I can't think of one off the top of my head.
3: Yeah, he's but. really good. Did you see Spotlight?
2: Yes. No, it, that's been in oh. my Netflix queue for a really long good time. but
3: stuff. Yeah. yeah. Birdman
2: was probably the last of his newer movies. Well, no, that's not true. though, When he was the villain in the Spider Man movie.
3: Right. Yeah. Yeah.
2: But Birdman was good stuff. Yeah. yeah. I got to go watch Spotlight because that's, a, yeah, that's so been in my watch list for a really long time. And I just haven't watched good. it.
1: Very good. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then, and then, um, what else did he do that was really. Oh, uh, Founder about the McDonald's thing.
2: Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. No, no. I watched yes. that one too. I have not I, seen that yet. I did watch that one too. That was a really good one.
1: Yeah. And he's, um, He's just really, really good at whatever he's in, and it could be weird or it could be normal, or you know, and and he's equally as good, right? And I mean, I, I don't know, maybe, maybe I'm just tired. I'm just not thinking right. But how many guys can be Beetlejuice, Batman, Mister Mom, the guy in Spotlight, a villain, a mental patient, and a with me- an
3: anger problem? <laughs> yeah,
1: I mean, and it's really
3: and Ray Kroc.
1: Yeah, right. Is it the fact that he can humanize all of these people? I mean, we talked about him being the yeah. most normal Bruce Wayne for Batman. You know, he makes Ray Kroc kind of a you know a character you're pulling for. Mr. Mom, that's a real type character. Michael Keaton, though, I mean.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah.
1: To, quote, uh, to quote the big Lebowski, that creep can roll, man. That creep can roll.
0: <laughs>
2: yeah, well, that's just like your opinion, man. Oh, uh, we got a few more years until that one. Yeah.
3: <laughs> but God, will that be fun when we get
2: there? Uh, it's going to be one of the Quotathon episodes.
3: Yeah. How about it?
2: All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for the Dream Team. So this Dream Team has got to head out. Uh, but uh, thank you for joining us for the Dream Team tonight. If you've got some stuff you want to share with us, if you're like, yeah, we, I've never seen that movie, or I've just seen it for the first time, or I used to watch that forever, all the time on repeat as a as a kid or growing up or whatever uh we'd like to hear from you so if you want to head over to our website 30podcast.com or hit us up on twitter facebook instagram letterboxd any of those different places um you know we interact in all those different ways so if you want to tell us some things that you enjoy about the dream team or any of our other episodes that are coming up pretty soon, uh, feel free to get in touch with us there. We've also got the voicemail line. You can find the number for that one on our website. Uh, Before we go this time around, just really quickly, if you're looking forward to the other movies that we're doing in this month, uh, we started last week with Cannonball Run. This week was The Dream Team from 89. Next week will be, uh, and Pat, I apologize in advance for this one. Have you watched American Werewolf in London?
1: Not yet. I'm I'm building up my... my... You warned me. You warned me of this movie.
2: I did, and I, I apologize. Okay. That's all I can say.
1: Is this, is this one like uh, Freddy Krueger where I'm going to watch it and say, that wasn't as bad as I thought? Or is this one that's going to be like, nope, this is pretty scary. i got to mentally...
2: You know, with, without going too far into it, there are definitely some bits and pieces that are, that are scary. Like, you know, parts that will kind of make you jump because something either jumps out at you or something happens fast and you okay. just kind of get scared by it. Some of it's a little gory. Um, you know it's a werewolf movie so people are dying Um, but there are parts of this when you watch and and definitely don't watch this with any kids around Um, you know that should already be stated but um, there are but this movie also has some of the funniest parts of a movie uh, I feel of, of the other movies of the 80s it has some of the funniest parts in it too okay so that is one of the reasons I picked this movie because this movie is a a weird and fun combination of horror and comedy and i don't even know what else but right. yeah so i i think i think parts of it you'll enjoy i don't think there's anything that's so ridiculously scary that you know it, it's not a sustained scary okay like there's a few parts here and there that are a little scary but other than that you should be fine all right but i know you're not a horror fan so i felt i should apologize
1: well i'll, I'll you know I'll, I'll find a stuffed animal or something to cuddle with. And-
2: Okay, if, if you need one, let me know, I can come by. All right. Okay. Uh, and then after that, we will be t- taking a look at E.T., and if you're my sister, that would be your horror movie, because okay. has never liked E.T. Um, so that one is coming up uh, for 1982, that is Jeff's pick. Cool. Uh, coming up in June, if you're looking to get ahead, coming up in June, we've got, we eventually at some point in June, not sure exactly when, we will have our 250th episode. Uh, And Jeff will be running that one. It'll be our 80s uh, cartoons, uh, favorite 80s cartoons uh, episode. And uh, the rest of June is going to be Sex, Lies, and Videotape, Drugstore Cowboy, Tango and Cash, and Roadhouse. So if you're looking forward to those, uh, please come and join us in June. Subscribe to the podcast so that you get those hot and fresh every week when they come out on Wednesdays. Um, But in the meantime, that's going to do it for the Dream Team this time around. So thank you to my Dream Team that's been here tonight. Thank you, Bo, and thank you, Pat.
1: Back to you, John.
2: Thank you, John. All right, we will see you all back here next week for an American werewolf in London. In the meantime, be excellent to each other. Go watch some good movies. We'll see you back here next week.